Can you or can you not have cock in a non-sexual way? Welcome to Square Horror. We're, welcome to Cock Talk on Square Horror. Oh my god. I've said, I have said cock at least a dozen times in the last five minutes. I'm glad you started recording now as we as we end the conversation. Because it's, um... This episode's about to be NC-17. <laughs> so we're going to welcome to Square Horror. We're on episode two of Underworld. And we're going to cover Underworld Evolution and Rise of the Lycans. Which, respectively, is the sequel and the prequel that were both greenlit a week before the U.S. release of the first Underworld movie. That's, that's true. <laughs> so, before we get started, I mean, I honestly, I feel like we, we kind of missed the mark a tad bit with talking about just how goth these movies are. Mm-hmm. So, I would like to, before we get in, give you the track listing... For Underworld Evolution, mu- um, the original motion picture soundtrack, which is the like music for and inspired by the uh-huh. thing. So the artists, you've got um, Chester Bennington, who is the singer for Linkin Park, mm-hmm. was. Um, Hawthorne Heights, My Chemical Romance, Slipknot, Alkaline Trio, Aiden, who, the lead singer of which goes on to do William Control, which is going to be the uh, exit music of this episode, because he also That's did right. music for Rise of the Lycans. Uh, Senses Fail, Atreyu, Trivium, Lacana Coil, Gosling, Meat Beat Manifesto, and Cradle of Filth, who's my personal favorite black metal or doom metal artist. They're great. I was listening to them earlier today when we were waiting to go see Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat. I was just watching their music videos at full blast in my room by myself, and I was like, yeah, this is, this is it. This is the peak. <laughs> so that's the kind of vibe we're settling into with the second movie, especially. Yes. Because now that we've gotten the world, you know, set up. It's time to get crazy with We're going to explore it. Get, get your fucking backpacks and your talking maps because we're about to door Not the explorer. talking maps. Yeah. Because we got to know where we're, we're gonna, going. We need, we need some advice. We're getting in the weeds. Speaking of in the weeds... Um, do you remember anything about this movie? So more or less, yes. Okay. It's, it's been a little bit since I've now seen it. this movie twice. Okay. And I've, as I told you before, it seems like it's a black hole that when I think about it, I go, what? So in full disclosure, I've got the Wikipedia plot <laughs> summary up just to footnote some we're of professionals. our, because we, I just want to make sure we can touch base to know that we're right and we're yes. not feeding anyone bullshit because we're honest on this show. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna lie to you. I don't remember a whole lot about this movie, but okay. I remember the characters more so than the plot. Yeah. Well, all that we really need to do is it fleshes out more of the lore that was mm-hmm. set up in the first movie, especially with the line of Corvinus all leading back to the first immortal. They expand on that a lot, and we meet the two sons of Alexander Corvinus, who are the first immortals, the first Lycan and the first vampire. vampire. The first Lycan being William, who's just a horribly powerful, completely insane wolf monster. Yes. Does not retain his human intelligence whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And anyone that William bites becomes just that. They just become a wolf monster forever. Yeah. They have no base intelligence. There's no part of them that's human anymore. And that continued until, as we see in Rise of the Lycans, until the birth of Lucian, who is the first human lichen 
who was a human most of the time and could turn into a lichen at will. Yeah. And then with that, they then began breeding that type of lichen for use, or they being the vampire, Victor specifically, Mm -hmm. breeding them as slaves? Slaves. Yes, slaves. As slaves. There's, there's yeah. no working around that. They're, they're acting as slaves. No, there's no. I mean, I'm not defending him. I'm not <laughs> saying they're indentured servants who appreciated the treatment. No, they're slaves. They are straight up <laughs> slaves. They've got collars. They get whipped. They have the slave body, which is just like jacked as fuck, and it's definitely not accurate because there's no way they're feeding slaves there's that much protein. There's no way. No there's way. No way that they are that in shape in mm-hmm. real life. Yeah. Um. They also, unfortunately can't turn into werewolves in real life and rebel against the vampire overlords. Mm-hmm. So we'll put a pin in that. Until we reach until Rise, we reach of, the Rise of the Legends. So evolution. So we left off before Celine has killed Victor. Mm-hmm. Her only like father figure, her only source of guidance, and has fled with Michael, who is the vampire like hybrid. hybrid. They are now seeking out uh, just a safe house because mm-hmm. they're getting hunted down by everybody. Well, and now Marcus is around. And now Marcus has woken up. Um, and he's the original yes. vampire. Now, Marcus, as we've mentioned on the last episode, is a far cry from Victor. From Victor. Oh, my gosh. Victor wanted to keep everything in control. Mm-hmm. He had a place for the lichens. There was, he, even in a flashback, we see when they capture William for the first time and they lock him in that, like, eternal coffin. Mm-hmm. That's um, right. Marcus is like, I don't like this. We, we shouldn't, we, he's okay. Like, I know my brother's in there somewhere. And Victor's like, buddy, no. He's too dangerous to be just loose. And mm-hmm. so we're not going to kill him. We're going to just put him in this prison. Yeah. That coincidentally, they get a human um, architect to build, and that human architect That's is right. the father, you see, you forgot, yeah. is, the, is <laughs> Cillian's father, which is the mm-hmm. reason her family was murdered by quote-unquote lichens, Victor. Victor, actually. To, to disguise the the location of where, where the tomb is. was, which is why Selene is so important, is because she's the only person who, who remembers it, is. because she's the only one that's ever seen it. Mm-hmm. Because Victor's never seen it, so that... It's, it's all starting to come back. Yeah, okay, see? And this is why we got the, the plot up. <laughs> I, I actually haven't consulted it yet. I just remember this as I'm describing it. Okay. Um, so with that being said, you've got... They actually introduce Alexander Corvinus himself, who is still immortal and is still alive and kicking. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have the IMDb pulled up? Uh, because that the actor that plays him, his name I can't remember, he's uh, pretty prolific. He's most notably, at least for my part, been in Gladiator. He's one Give of me the his, name again one more time. Uh, he's Alexander Corvinus in Underworld Evolution. Um, Derek Jacoby. Yes, from... I know for a fact he's been in Gladiator. He was. Uh, he was I know. Gracchus? Gracchus, yeah. Gracchus. He's one of the uh, senators. Okay. Who's like, hey, let's like get rid of Commodus. He's a crazy person. Yeah, he's in a lot of stuff. Name some other ones for other viewers. Uh, Good listeners. Omens. He was in the Tomb Raider remake with um, Alicia Vikander. Uh, he was in A Christmas Carol Goes Wrong for all of our theater fans on Broadway That's HD. That's a show? Oh, yes. So there's a company that does these that things that are hilarious. called Goes Wrong No, shows. no, I've seen some. I saw one live when I was in London. Yeah. So they have uh, recorded a 
six episodes of a TV show that are each 30-minute versions of shows. That's hilarious. And then they have a Peter Pan and a Christmas Carol one. I would love... Because a Christmas Carol... I feel like those shows are really great if you know what could go wrong. Oh, yeah. And I know the Chris- a Christmas Carol very, very well, so I feel like that would be hilarious. Mm-hmm. So he is Alexander Corvinus, who is like the third party in this Eternals war, where the vampires are, like we said before, at war is putting it very, very loosely mm-hmm. with the they're just massacring lichens. And Alexander Corvinus, who is under the pseudonym Lorenz Macaro, I think that's supposed to be some kind of like anagram, but there's no way it is. Mm-hmm. Um He's cleaning up after them. He's making sure, like, he's got his own kind of, like, vague shadow corporation that cleans up after the lichens and the, and the vampires to keep their existence from humans a secret. So, Marco, or Macaro, Alexander Corvinus, mm-hmm. he comes upon Victor when he's dead, after, you know, after, obviously after the, the battle in the first movie. And as he's doing the autopsy, where his, like, solar plexus is, which is, you can't, no, reviewers can't, re- listeners can't see, but it's, it's this It's right part. at the bottom of your ribcage. Yeah, the solar plexus. Yeah. Um, he's got a big metal disc mm-hmm. inside of him. And there's a, uh, like, a, a space in it that matches the pendant that that's, first, he gave to Sonia, his daughter, mm-hmm. that he murdered. That was then stolen by Lucian, mm-hmm. who then gave it to Michael at the end of That's Underworld. Right. And the two together unlock the, the like, I'm going to call it the Nether Sarcophagus. That, that, um, cause it's That's awesome. That's the a Nether great Sar- name yeah, for it's it. It's exactly what, like, they would call it. Mm-hmm. The thing that William is in. So the key to William's confinement, Victor had inside of him and gave to his daughter. So two-part key that Alexander Corvinus has found and is like, oh. Oh, shit. Marcus is going to want this. Because Marcus... Is a friend. Marcus really, really just wants his brother to be free. Mm -hmm. And doesn't really take too kindly to the vampire's, like, oppressive regime. He kills Craven immediately. Immediately. And we should note, Marcus has, um, because he's the first vampire... Has giant ass bat wings. That, yeah. That not oh. only fold up in his back, but the top like claw of it is just they're Spice. just swords. Like yeah. he just can kill people with these giant wings. Oh, absolutely. Effortlessly. Um, the guy that play pull it up. The guy that plays Marcus also is from a bunch of stuff that I'm sure uh, I know. Tony Curran. Yeah, Tony Curran. Um. He's uh, I think he was in Outlander and. Maybe Peaky Blinders. He's a familiar, like, looking Scottish actor. Yeah. Um, he was in <sighs> Elementary. He was in Daredevil. Netflix's Daredevil no, show. No, yeah, he was. He's one of the um, the, the uh, Irish twins. Mm-hmm. And he was in Thor the Dark World. No for way. all you Marvel fans was he? out there. He was Boar. Just one of the Don't know who that is, people. but it's Boar. Yeah, I mean, he's got a very familiar looking face. Yes. Um, but yeah, he's Marcus. And Marcus is on a quest to get the key so we can free his brother for some reason. Because. It's not really, I'm sure it's in here, but it doesn't. It's unimportant. It's a bad idea. Okay, I don't care what his reasoning is. It's a bad idea to unleash William. He's a total monster and will only make more monsters. It's true. So, with Marcus out there doing that, 
Michael and Celine have to figure out why Marcus wants it. Because though it's again a, it's the characters and the audience as the surrogate mm-hmm. figuring out more to the lore of the, of, what of the world. Yeah. So, Celine again finds herself just at the middle of this thing where they're like people just use her all the time. Oh yeah. <laughs> They use her because she reminds them of their, of their daughter, daughter. And, she, and he, she's good at killing lichens, and she's the last person who knows where the tomb is. Mm-hmm. So Marcus needs to find Celine to drink her blood to get her memories, because the vampires, if they drink other vampires' blood, they can read their memories. Mm-hmm. So he can find out where the tomb is, because she's the only one that's ever seen it. That's right. So with all of this going on, you've also got Michael, who's again just like... I'm just here helping out. Ride. I'm just like I'm Michael. Yeah, I'm important and I kick ass. I am the hybrid yeah. now, and that's all you need yeah. to know about. Who is again Scott Speedman? And Scott Speedman again is is generically handsome. He's been in the Strangers. We talked about him in the last mm-hmm. episode. Um, it doesn't from the, from the way this is all set up, it goes play by play, but for the most part. It's Marcus killing people trying to get to Celine, and he ends up confronting his father. Mm-hmm. And his father gives Celine the gift of his blood. Yeah. So she's not entirely on board with all of that, mm-hmm. but upon drinking his blood, she now enters like a pseudo hybrid stage where she is now immune to sunlight where before sunlight was lethal to vampires, she mm-hmm. now has immunity to that. So her and Michael are like the alpha immortal beings. Yes. And, I mean, I would say see this movie, first of all, because the lore of it's cool, the way they build yeah. the story is cool, and Marcus kicks so much ass. He does. He like, really does. Hardcore, it's so cool watching him fight with his wings. Yeah, oh, God. And again, there's more cool like in action, um, the fights, again, are very cool. The practical effects on them are cool. The stunt work of them is really cool. Yeah. Did, did we talk about the last episode where, um, I think it was Martin Sheen got fucking annihilated when he did some, oh, sorry, Michael Sheen. He got, <laughs> I did it again. <laughs> we can't stop. It's just going to be he, a He constant. hurt himself during a stunt, did he not? Or was that Scott Speedman? Oh, I don't remember. I think... <laughs> I want to say it was um, Michael Sheen, though. I'm it was definitely sure. through because it was during when they would throw someone through like through a wall and they. Oh no! It nailed. was Scott Speedman because okay. he hit his head because some of the wall was meant to break out with him. Yes. Some of it is a little bit more tough, but not like full on brick. And he mm-hmm. hit his head on that on his way through yeah, it. It's probably like plaster. And I think shit. he gave himself a concussion. God damn it! Oh. <laughs> So what I will say um, in terms of action scenes that really stands out is Celine's battle with Marcus, particularly because they, and they, they managed to crash a helicopter vertically uh, in that yeah. it is, the rotors are still running. Mm-hmm. So there's this cool almost like stage like for a combat where there's they the way that they use the the rotors as like the gauge of who's got the upper hand is who's forcing who towards 
the rotors. Mm-hmm. Um, all the while, Michael is fighting William, who's now free in this alpha wolf form. Who's mm-hmm. He's bigger. He's the only one that's, like, albino. Like, he's got yeah. the bleach white fur. So the way that they have these fights going simultaneously is extremely, like, eye-catching. And they have those... Um, like slow, you mentioned it with Rise of the Lycans. Like they like their slow. They like their slow mo action scenes because it's really cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, to kind of go off of that, it the final battle between um, Celine and Marcus in this movie really it all comes back. It really reminds me of a Mortal, Mortal Kombat, Kombat stage where you have this like stage interactable that becomes a stage fatality. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just. On the bottom of the page, it has the critical response. Oh, no. It was not good. Um, my favorite one is... Uh, so, obviously, these movies go for a very goth aesthetic, and they have a... They're all filmed in this filter of darkness um, because it's an underworld. It's supposed to be this this new, strange um, environment uh, superimposed on top of... <clears throat> The mortal world, well, there's still all these fantastical set pieces that somehow exist just outside of mortal view. Mm-hmm. They criticize the film's, quote, steel blue filter and describe it as a monotonous barrage of computer-generated fur and things, which is not true, because a lot, a lot of, of them are practically. practical. I would say all of the lichens, at least when they're, like, as doing they, the creature aside from effects, their transitions, it's mostly practical puppetry. When I would say they're, the times that they are CGI is when they're transforming, and even then it's balanced really well. Mm-hmm. And I only really noticed it with Rise of the Lycans when they're moving very quickly in the dark. Yeah. And the dark lends itself to it looks better. Mm-hmm. This is still early 2000s CGI, and it looks very good for the time, and it fits the aesthetic very well. Yeah. The werewolf, I mean, maybe one day we'll come back and just for a, a little, like, one-shot treat, we'll do Van Helsing. Because Van Helsing does something very similar with the way it does werewolves. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, I think it maybe didn't learn from Underworld's mistake. And it has a lot of werewolves in more natural light. And the CGI doesn't hold up as well then. But what they do action-wise with practical effects with the actors, you know, doing scenes with CGI things. It's kind of like what Marvel does now. Yeah. Where they found a way to perfectly balance the CGI action. Like when, you know, anytime anyone fights Ultron in Age of Ultron, Mm -hmm. you have real actors on a real set being actually thrown and, like, you know, having, like, attacks go on them against a completely computer-generated enemy, and it works. Mm Mm-hmm. I would say this, it does much better, especially with Rise of the Lycans. There's a lot more action with the Lycans themselves as opposed Mm -hmm. to this movie. It's mostly just William, Marcus, and And and, and Michael. Michael. And Michael has the benefit of being mostly makeup. There's not a lot of extra stuff that needs to be done to him. Yeah, he, he's not covered in fur. He's covered in black makeup. Yeah. Yeah. With a weird chest piece and head, like, yeah. you know, like, um, what's the term I'm looking for? Prosthetic. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to see, I mean, I want to find, like, behind-the-scenes photos of um, 
Tony Curran with the big ass wings on him. Because yeah. the way that it looks, it's just awesome. Like, please, like, for the love of God, either watch this movie or Google Marcus from Underworld, from Underworld, not Awakening, Evolution. Evolution. Because the wing effects are just fucking cool, man. Like, it makes me wish that I had sword wings as well. <laughs> We're taking quick breaks. I need to see these yeah. pictures <laughs> as well. No. But I will say the one thing that I did forget is when he's in that, like, form, because, like, he can switch between, like, looking more human and looking more vamp- vampiric, and his vampiric form looks more like a bat. Mm-hmm. His face, the nose is slanted up, his ears wrap around the side of his head like a bat. And he has wings. He's got wings. I mean, it might look a little, like, maybe not Buffy-type, but, like, the way that it's done, like, with combat, I think it lend- it gives itself more credibility. Like, just looking at the way, like, from even from the back, the way that the wings are folded up, it looks like it's part of him, and when they unfurl, it looks real. It looks mm-hmm. like something could actually do that. Like, the real good creature effects in the horror genre, I think, are if it looks like it could be alive... For real. Yeah. You're doing your job really well. And I think that he definitely does. Like, the thing that I always come back to with Evolution is Marcus. Because, fuck, that's so cool. Because he looks awesome Like, that concept is amazing where it's it's vampires trying to fight against the ultra vampire. Mm -hmm. And they lose because they're too human. Yeah. He's more of a monster. And that's awesome. It should be respected. Yeah. Why was why was he not in charge? Like Vic, he turned Victor. Because well, he didn't want to be in charge. That's true. Like, That's everyone probably why else. he turned. You know, Ivan the Terrible of the time in Victor, where he's like, "You're a king. You've got a whole army. Can you just like do this? I don't really care. I don't like. I don't like doing the work. Can you just can you come in here and be a part of this? Like instead of being Dracula in Blade, where every vampire is beholden to him, he immediately makes a council to be like, I don't want deal yeah <laughs> i don't care man y'all, y'all just take care of it i'm gonna go take a nap <laughs> <laughs> yeah you go i'll i'll take this the first sleep actually if that's yeah. okay yeah, with yeah, you yeah. guys victor you go ahead first <laughs> so, thank god man i just don't care <laughs> hopefully i'll wake up and like victor will be dead or something like i don't even care very much <laughs> so that being said do you want to move to Rise of the Lichens? Let's talk about 2009's Rise of the Lichens. Rise of the Lichens. The prequel. Rules. I think it's awesome. I really liked it. So, <laughs> um, sorry for the delay there. That was like, but, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so this is the prequel that tells a lot more about the story of uh, Sonya, Victor, and Lucian yep. in what was what the century was it? It was like the twelfth century. Yeah, at the at the earliest. Yeah, it was somewhere between the twelfth and fourteenth century. Twelfth yeah. or thirteenth, because the beginning of evolution, that flashback where they imprison uh, William, it said it was in twelve o two. Okay. So this is twenty years after the birth of the immortal race. So it's thirteenth century abouts. Okay. Um, that's still the Dark Ages in Europe, which is interesting because the way that they deal with humans at the time is either complete serfdom, which is normal, which is normal for the time, where it's most people were working on land 
that was owned by a landlord, mm-hmm. and those landlords were working in conjunction with the vampires, who some of them were themselves landlords, yeah. which is how they like got rich and, mm-hmm. and shit. rich, powerful, and all that jazz. Yeah, so this is Dark Ages times, um, and it's dark all the time. Also, yeah. <laughs> like it's legitimately dark. All the time, like at light, as in light wise. We get one scene of light in this entire movie. Yeah, it's day once. Yeah. (laughs) And it's solely to be like, the vampires can't go out during the day. It's like Lucian has that scene where he looks back at Victor, he's like, oh shit, the sun. And like, the sun still comes out? Awesome. (laughs) The moon certainly doesn't change phases. It's an hour into the movie when the sun shows up. Well, and it's always the full moon, yeah. which is pretty cool. <laughs> it's before they invented other phases. <laughs> Waxing and waning crescents. So, yeah, I've, we brought up at the beginning that it follows the birth of Lucian. So as the first, I will say like, and I'll refer to the other complete wolf monsters as werewolves and mm-hmm. the human werewolves are lichens, which defeats the whole moniker of werewolf, but shut up. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Romeo and Juliet vampire werewolf story they wanted to tell. Yeah. Um, so, speaking of which, um, the actress who plays Sonia in this, who is Victor's daughter, who we already know he's going to murder, um, the woman originally, the actress... Uh, uh, Rona Mitra. Yes. She uh, auditioned at first for the role of Celine. So Kate Beckinsale obviously got that. And I really hope that they were like, well, hold that thought. We want to have this. Like, we just got a call that we're going to make this prequel. Mm -hmm. And why don't we use you? Because this is clearly a different character. But we need to have the resemblance be very similar such that a viewer could reasonably believe that Victor would equate Celine with his daughter. Mm -hmm. I mean, and they look very, like, they could could be stunt doubles. Like, they could be stunt doubles, absolutely. Um, obviously both of them died in the first Underworld, but Victor, uh, Bill Nye comes back as Victor, mm-hmm. um, it really kills it in this movie, because, because yeah. we, we talked about this during the movie, like, the first movie, you're like, he's a lot more of a, like, unapologetic dickhead in mm-hmm. Rise of the Lycans, and I think it's because you are seeing Underworld through the eyes of Celine, who doesn't know he's a prick yet. Mm-hmm. And you're seeing, you're following Lucian through, through Rise, Rise of Lycans, who is born as a slave. So it's like, so like we oh, already yeah. know so he's an asshole. Dick. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's it's already given, like, he's a, he's a bastard. Well, yeah, and like Lucian from the first scene he's in, he has this collar around him that Victor gave him. That, correct me if I'm wrong, I thought was teeth on the inside instead of, or is it silver? I think it's supposed to be silver because it's supposed to discourage turning into a werewolf, or the it, lichen. To me, it looked like teeth, and I was like, did he extract teeth from people That would just be to terrifying. And I hope, well, I, it, it holds, it makes more sense that it's silver mm-hmm. because the lichen's, their weakness is silver. Is silver. And it's not that silver can kill them. It's that they can't heal when silver's in their body. If silver is, yeah. Yeah. Because the, the big thing in the first movie was that the lichens could get shot by silver bullets and could stay alive, but they couldn't heal all the way until the bullets were extracted. Yeah. Um, so in this movie, there's no guns, so they just shoot them with silver arrows. So as mm-hmm. long as the shaft is still in them, they're, they can't heal. Yeah. Which is how they do that. 
you know, uh, harpoon strategy. Yeah. Which they always use, I mean, they use the same thing in Logan, where, like, if it's it's someone that can't be killed, Mm -hmm. you want to just incapacitate and immobilize them. So just shoot shit into them that has ropes attached to it or chains or something. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Just to make sure they can't fucking go anywhere. Yeah. (laughs) Because they're going to live, and they're going to... Kill the shit out of you. Wreck your shit. Exactly. Um, And speaking of which, uh, the Lucian is still played by Michael Sheen. There you go. I I was going to say Mark. (laughs) Um, And correct me if I'm wrong, I believe that this is, that he made this movie after he made the first Twilight movie. Or the first or second. I don't remember when he shows up in those movies, but I think that he was making these about the same time. If not slightly before. Okay. So he first shows up, it looks like. I think in, in New Moon. New Moon, which is the second Twilight yes, movie. I, yes, it is. So both Underworld Rise of the Lichens and New Moon came out in 2009. Cool. So he was making about them months ar- apart. Okay. And you had that Frost Nixon story. Cause, I mean, Michael Sheen is also in Frost Nixon, which is 2008, I believe. Uh, yes, that's also two, that's 2008. But while he was filming Rise of the Lichens, um, the director of Frost Nixon, Ron Howard, called mm. him and was like, hey, do you mind recording some dialogue for Frost Nixon? Because yeah, he already made it. Yeah, process. he already made it. And so Sheen had to do his day's filming first, and then he went to his trailer, covered in fake blood, and recorded the dialogue for Ron Howard. He asked someone to take a picture of him recording dialogue just covered in blood, and he sent it to Ron Howard after shooting... And Ron Howard had it framed and displays it in his house. Does that picture exist anywhere? I Could really we hope find so. it? If we do find it, I'm gonna post it on the Instagram along with the, when this episode comes out because I'm gonna. I really would love to just see how that looked. Um, but the way that he plays Lucian in this movie, he's got more to do. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in Underworld, we're still supposed to have this vague idea of. Who, Lu- who Lucian is and what his motivation is. We know who Lucian is already by this movie. We know that he's not a bad guy and that he's trying to rise above his state. And this movie really hammers home the like the difference between, like, okay, well, what makes vampires so special that they can rule us and mm-hmm. we're enslaved? And he, he brings that up to Sonia, who is, you know, his... Lover. Yes. And he's like, well, as much as it's fucked up, I don't care, but it shouldn't be fucked up because we are both descendants of Corvinus. So mm-hmm. why are we being subjugated and why are you... Praised. Yeah, exactly. And it's a good argument. It's, mm-hmm. it's I mean, first of all, if, if someone walked into this movie and then was convinced slavery was bad because of this... I'm like, dude, first of all, slavery's bad. But, like, the perspective they give you is like, you know what? Yeah, they are the same. And I'm like, yeah, slavery's just not okay. (laughs) Like, that was a given with the collars and the beatings. (sighs) Although it does have – so, okay, we we probably should just get a little bit into – I mean, because we talked about the story of of, uh, Lucian and Sonya in the last episode. Yes. But – the fleshed out version is that Lucian was raised by Victor. Mm-hmm. Victor could have killed him as a baby, but didn't. 
He decided to raise him and found out that he had the strength, he had the agility, and he could turn into a lichen whenever he needed to. Yeah. And then Victor, obviously, in a horrible capitalist way, was like, well, why don't we just make a bunch of them? And they can not only watch us while we sleep, because the descendants of William are out there, and they just tear shit up. Mm -hmm. And they're becoming a huge problem, because there's more and more and more of them, and they can't be controlled. Yeah. So, I mean, he's got the Death Dealers going out, but, like, they just got swords. These things are giant wolf monsters. Yeah. Their swords and horses can only do so much against giant wolves. I mean, I would say even guns could do just about as... As That's much. True. I mean, they're giant. It's, I mean, when when Lucian goes to see them, there's thousands of them. Mm-hmm. Just that area. Yeah. Like, just on the Isle of probably, I don't know, the United Kingdom or wherever the hell they are. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of them. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's a problem. So keeping Lucian at kind of an arm's length but with kind of a, a, a less of an iron fist, mm-hmm. it's... It's interesting. It's an interesting dynamic for Lucian to just tolerate being a slave enough, and then he falls in love with Sonia, who you could see how it's a problem. Yeah. Um, aside from the fact that he's a slave, and she's yeah. on the council. Yeah, he's also a lichen, and, and she's a vampire. Yeah, and Victor is the one that thinks that like a blood mixer would be an what, abomination. Yeah. And I'm like, you drink blood, Victor. <laughs> like, calm down. <laughs> and I made this comment, but I, you didn't get it. But I was like, this movie is a lot like the Ten Commandments. The movie, the Ten Commandments, yeah. which is about Moses, mm-hmm. who rises up from. Well, first of all, he's raised. As a prince of Egypt, before finding out that he is in fact Jewish, joining his people in slavery, he's in love with the princess, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't call it a rebellion, but like he leads a movement to free the slaves, and it was put at odds with his former father figure and, you know, taskmaster in the pharaoh. Mm-hmm. Um, Moses doesn't turn into a lichen, he just has magical powers um, given to him by God, <laughs> or whatever you decide you want to believe. But the point is that he's not a lichen. And <laughs> That's the point. Lucian, yes. I would say this is just as much Ten Commandments as it is Romeo and Juliet. Because Romeo and Juliet, they're not enslaved. That's true. They're equals yeah. who have a blood feud. <laughs> I would say, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's a distinct lack of slavery in, uh, it's, that's not that, a bad thing. We don't want slavery in no, Romeo and Juliet. I mean, yeah, but <laughs> I just, they just were like, we need you to feel bad for the Lycans. I'm like, I, 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 already, I, I already do. I'm they're there. being genocided. It's yeah. not okay. Like, um, they're not dealt the greatest hand to start with. Well, and it's not even the Lycans that the vampires treat like shit. They treat each other like shit. Mm-hmm. They treat their human landowners like shit. They treat their human slaves like shit. Yeah. Victor, again, is just a straight bastard. Yeah, yeah truly. <laughs> he just sucks. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, Bill Nye plays him amazing. He's got really creepy... I mean, that one scene, he's like... Did I, Did scare, I scare you? you? And I'm like, yes, emerges from the you were shadows. from the shadows. That's always a yes. Because, again, because of the light, I mean, the the whole movie is just filmed in moonlight. Dark. Like, it's moonlight is, mm-hmm. what's, is what's lighting it. So it brings out the, like, cold blue of Victor's eyes a lot 
worse. Yeah. Um. So when he just is in the shadows and all you see is his gaunt face and his horrible eye. eyes, I'm like, oh, God. Uh-huh. Like, when they had the human landowners come in, they're like, yeah, I think we're, you're a vampire. Like, look at his face. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Yes. They are, yeah, clearly. Correct. They are, yeah, you should be afraid. <laughs> you do not have the power here. No. And, and so... Again, I think Victor can't be given too much credit for being nice to Lucian because after Lucian breaks out of his collar to go save Sonya, who's gone to save the human landowners from being attacked by werewolves, he's punished. Yeah. But before he's punished, he learns that as in his lichen form, he can control the The werewolves. werewolves. Which is awesome. Which is a huge power And I move. feel like Victor should have immediately murdered him. Yeah. Because if he was any degree of smart, he'd be like, the man that I have enslaved and treated like dirt found out he could control the one thing that can kill us. Hmm. Maybe I should get rid up. of... He was just like, what if I treated him more like dirt? Yeah. Because then he demotes him to real slave status instead of like a house slave. He's a blacksmith, but he's hmm. treated, I mean, as... He's treated not as an equal, but not as a slave. He's, he's treated like, like as a poor person. Yeah, he's like the lower class yeah, person. Like he's just treated like a, like garbage, but yeah. like not. He's not locked in a cage at night. Mm-hmm. Uh, now he's locked in a cage at night with the other lichens and the human slaves that have been transferred to Victor, which includes Bays, who's the Bays. giant like big scary. Arays is his name. Sorry. He's the, he's the big scary lichen from the first movie with the low, low voice. Mm-hmm. Um, so now he's in the movie more, which is cool because we get to know the history between him and Lucian more to the point where he's like, yeah, I saw Lucian. He, he saw Lucian turn into the lichen and was like, bro, I'm not going to lie. I'm terrified of you. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. Like, I would, if you just knew someone who could just turn into a werewolf right in front of you. Me. Like, because we talked out? about this last week. I'm the one that wanted to be a lichen. <laughs> if right. you knew that about me, you would be terrified. <laughs> yes. Without question. Yeah. I would be horrified. But like, if, so, would it be different if you knew me? Like, if when we met, you didn't know I was a lichen until, like, now when I just mm-hmm. turned into a lichen. Would you be more afraid of me in that case, or if you knew that I was like an all along? Okay, well, that brings up a different question, though. When I first met you, were you in your wolf form? You you saw me show up and turn into a wolf and frighten away bears. I think that would freak me out less. Cause the then first finding one, out now? Finding out later, I feel like, is a secret, and it would wig me out more, because I would just be like, you didn't trust me to know, well, like, and now well, I'm scared of you. <laughs> well, okay... Sub-question, what if I just got bitten by a lichen and was like, I didn't have time to tell you, I was too busy going off doing shit. That's valid, I'll, I'd allow that. work. I, <laughs> I was at the box office. I was, yeah, I was at the box office and a lichen came in and was like, hey. It was like, nom nom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, back to Rise of the Lichens. <laughs> which brings me to my, which one of the reasons I wanted to be a lichen in the first place, why I chose... Because once Lucian is demoted, he starts to consolidate his standing or his status as a leader. The Lycans look up to him for standing up to the vampires, and the humans respect him because he saved them Mm -hmm. and is a Lycan. 
So he is like, listen, we're not animals. We're humans that can do this thing. Mm-hmm. We can choose to be slaves or we can be lichens. And that seems awesome. Yeah, like, I really just, like that They're speech. all like in their, like they're all like in their cages and whatnot. And they're all like, what's this guy got to say? And he's standing there like, we're not animals. I'm not going to be someone's slave. I'm not mm-hmm. going to be entertainment. Yeah, I'm not going to be their pet. I'm going to rise the fuck up. Be a, I'm like, fuck yeah, man. Let me there that shit. I'm going to cause a rise of the lichens. Yeah. Roll credits. Yeah. Well, no, because the but, rise no, of the lichens so is kick ass. Because yeah. they, they organize prison breaks. You know, Lucian escapes with Ray's and a few others. Mm-hmm. They start to, I won't say liberate, but like sack nearby landlord areas and the human slaves are he brings them in and they they raid the armories he turns some of them if they decide and he's got to go back for sonia though yeah Uh, who's kind of just pretending that she still is like who that black i didn't care about him yeah, she really does her darndest to try to hide. She, that she truly knew him. does her best to. <laughs> I mean, she's not great at it, but she does her best. I mean, yeah, she she does enough that the only way that anyone finds out is that he, someone sees them. Yeah, I'm surprised no one saw them fucking on that cliff though. Yeah, because that was not Buddy, a hidden place. It is night. Vampires come out at night. They are actively looking for werewolves. And you, specifically. Yeah. <laughs> Be careful with your sex. <laughs> it is pretty cool, though, to think of... I mean, not, like, to to do it on a cliff, but the way that they just, like, without any care in the world, decided, you know what's romantic? Wet, cold rocks. Yeah. Ugh. No. 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 Maybe they don't have to feel warm ever. That Because they are possible. immortal. I don't know. Uh, who knows? Let's go with that. That will make yeah. me feel less uncomfortable. <laughs> anyway, so as he decides to come back for Sonya, as we know already, Victor expects this mm-hmm. and decides that he's going to kill his daughter once he discovers she's pregnant. Yeah. Because before he was like, I was going to let it slide. I was just not going to tell anybody. But now you're pregnant with a But now I have to kill you in front of Lucian. And the scene is so much more like Upsetting. depressing. Because not only does Michael Sheen give it his all, but you have their last moments where mm-hmm. they know this is going to happen. And the best they can do is just try not to think about how terrible it is. Well, yeah, because Lucian was just lashed a bunch of, of a Chained times. to the floor. Yeah, and he's just stuck her. there facing her while she's tied up against a pole. Yeah. And sunlight's about to come in, yeah. which, as we all know, kills is, vampires. is the worst thing for vampires. Yeah. Even though... It just charges yeah. their body, burns them it, up. It, it, it just... It kills them within seconds. Mm-hmm. Um... And he's got to deal with that. And then Victor comes in and is like, all right, now it's your turn, buddy. He manages to escape, grabs the necklace. I mean, we saw that in the in the flashback in the first movie. Mm-hmm. Is, like we said, with the harpoon bullshit, they managed to get him down. But who comes to his rescue? But well, he, all, scr- yeah, he, he screams as a lichen. And then, lo and behold. All of the werewolves come and show up to a help him. giant army. There are thousands. Thousands of them. 
And the Lycans, who are kind of hanging out in the woods waiting for waiting to rendezvous with him, mm-hmm. they join them. They're like, well, time to do like, this. Let's fucking go. Let's do this. And it's really awesome. That whole fight scene is really uh, cool. Well, and so the, the aesthetic of the movie is cool, obviously. The, the more, like, getting more into Victor and Lucian and, and Sonya, that's very interesting, especially if you're a fan of the lore so far. The Lycans are just so awesome mm-hmm. in this movie. And the werewolves, too. Like, yeah. the, the descendants of William, who are all wild. Man, they kick a lot of ass. They really do. They kick so much ass. And they do it... The fighting is cool because it's not guns anymore. It's mm-hmm. swords. Yeah. Which I think requires a lot more interesting choreography because it's so easy to have a boring gunfight, and I think it's, I think if you have a boring sword fight, it's even worse than a boring gunfight because at least with a gunfight you get the spectacle of the noise. With a boring yeah. sword fight, nothing happens. Well, but and that's it's, why it's yeah. so integral to have an interesting hand-to-hand sword fight like they're having in these movies. Well, and not only are they having sword fights, it's someone with a sword fighting a, a werewolf. werewolf. Who their their body is their weapon, mm-hmm. so they are crawling on them. It's a lot of grappling content. Con- so a lot of the stunt people have to be extremely like they're probably wearing extra stuff in backgrounds. They oh yeah, they're wearing stuff for CGI tracking. They're doing this wet in the yeah. dark. There's a lot of armor and shit. So I think that it's commendable on that alone. Mm-hmm. The like I remember we talked about earlier like rise of the lichen seems kind of pointless because mm-hmm. you know what happens already but, but it's still a really it's interesting really movie cool to like watch. it's to me it's the most entertaining because more shit happens I mean, than so it. far yeah i'd absolutely agree and the story I think is a... not very hard to follow because it's not a mystery wrapped in an action movie mm-hmm. this is just an action movie yeah and you know the stakes already. Well, and frankly, I think that it would be really interesting to have someone see this as their first and only I thought about doing this one first. Because I think this one really gets into the story behind it really well. Yeah. And I think it has some of the best set pieces of the franchise so far. Yeah, because the way that they... Victor's, like, stronghold is, like, carved out of the mountain. Yeah. Like, it's a bunch of very, um, like, very, like, castle, like, medieval-looking thing, but um, but because he's a vampire and he's above human, of course his castle is going to be above human architecture. It's going to mm-hmm. be carved into a mountain. Yeah. With tunnels and passageways and grates and s- prisons and, like, dank, yeah. wet slave hole. It's kind of like Alien, where, mm-hmm. like, it's that, like dark wetness that like symbolizes like okay this is uh, like a monsters live here like they keep the monsters where the monsters would live Mm -hmm. the vampires live in posh you know uh sculpted masonry halls and you know victor's got that cool throne that's like well got his big sigil on the back of it there's all of these you know like the way that the nobles are dressed it's a mixture of like that steampunk, but also in the medieval aesthetic. Yeah, for sure. Because they're immortal, so mm-hmm. they will they they op, they exist outside of human reality, 
and have their own culture. They have yeah. their own art style, architecture. Their own fashion. Exact, fa- exactly. Which, yeah. half, it's weird. It's always stuck in, like, the 90s, like, mall goth type, yeah. you know? <laughs> like, that's their, you know... <laughs> that's their niche. Well, I mean, I, I think it's, it's vice... It's, it's, like, give and take where, like, there's... They take what the aesthetic of the... The subculture is, I mean, the filmmakers, that is, mm-hmm. take the aesthetic of the subculture and weave that in, and that then breeds the people that they're like, oh, well, now we got to start doing this type of shit, you know? Yeah. Because, like, there's a lot of, um, like, chainmail, like, dresses, and they're all, yeah. like, cloaks somehow, but they're still armor, because mm-hmm. they're trying to date it to that time. So, yeah, like, the vibe is underworld, but it's underworld hundreds of years ago Mm -hmm. and it's believable that it exists outside yeah i think it's very believable that this movie not only takes place several hundred years before the two movies we've seen prior to this yeah but i also think that this if you are going to watch underworld is absolutely necessary viewing whether it be when it was released or first yeah i think it just it submits so much about the lichens that isn't really all that covered in the first movie where they're heavily featured. And it tells a separate story mm-hmm. where this movie, while it's the same history and timeline as the rest of the movies, you can watch outside of all of it where I think because of the same reasons that you don't have to watch it. I mean, saying first of all, you should, mm-hmm. but like the same reasons that you could argue that you don't have to watch it are the same reasons that you could argue that it could exist on its own yeah. as just like a, you know, goth action horror movie that's set in this time period where it's like, what if vampires enslaved werewolves and werewolves decided to fight back? Mm-hmm. That's a movie. Yeah. Underworld is just like, well, what if that became a centuries long war? And no one knew about how it started because history, I mean, history 10 years ago is complicated. Imagine centuries ago when it's the same people are alive Mm -hmm. so they can just pick and choose what people know about. Yeah, the people who survive write the history. That's that's a thing in the movie. Did they say that? I don't think they've said it here, but it's definitely a saying because it's a big saying is people are learning more about history that isn't out of their history textbooks. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I, it's not a good comparison. Oh, but God. I think the I think the filmmaker, the screenwriters, thought it was a good comparison. We're like, hey, like real slavery, you didn't know about it because the people that had slaves wrote the history. And I'm like, okay, sure. This is not an allegory yeah. for slavery. <laughs> this is another thing <laughs> that we already are on track for. This mm-hmm. is not like a clever. Oh, it's like social comments. It's like, no, no, no. no. It's vampires and werewolves. It is not code for anything. Yeah. <laughs> Which kind of makes it more enjoyable because it's like, it's just werewolves. Yeah. Like, you feel bad for them or not. They're lichens. It's a fake thing. This mm-hmm. whole thing is fantasy. It's just purely for fun. Yeah. Which is also, it's why, under, it's why all action horror is fun. Because yeah. it's just... Just... It just is. Fun. It's just fun, it's, it's dumb nothing, shit. It's surface level, and yeah. that's all you need it to be. I mean, sometimes it's more, well, yeah. but, like, it doesn't have to be. Yes. Like, um, going way back, Aliens, you could say, is a Vietnam metaphor. Yeah. It doesn't have to be. It can just be space marines killing the fuck out of a bunch of xenomorphs, but it could be. It could be. be. You could go... Well, Rise of the Lycans is the most woke because it talks about slavery. I'm like, just because it has slavery 
that doesn't, again, it's just as much Ten Commandments. Yeah. <laughs> it could be biblical if you want it to be. <laughs> okay, so this marks the end of my foray into Underworld. I haven't seen the two movies after this. I say, we have two more movies to go that we are both going to be seeing for the first time, yeah. which I'm really excited for, because it is very... It's not often when I get to watch a movie with Matt for the first time where he hasn't seen it before me, especially in the horror world. I feel like there's Unless been a couple of them. New. Well, aside, I feel like there's been a couple of them, right? Anything that we've covered? I don't think anything we've covered. Well, like, we both watched, un- uh, not Underworld, Underwater yeah. at the same time. Mm-hmm. So that was, so if you liked that episode, it'll be the same spirit where we're going <laughs> like, what about this thing? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, but I will say that from what I know about how it progresses, it's just, it it shifts more into Celine just doing shit as opposed to Celine being a, a cog in this large world. Mm-hmm. Because I think they start focusing more on her. I mean, I'm not going to put, you know, causation and correlation. This is now when she's involved with the, like, like the producers or the directors or whatever. Mm-hmm. So she might be able to lobby for more just screen time, her yeah. doing this and that. Um, I would say, I hope there's not as many explicit sex scenes because we didn't talk about that on air, but do you want to talk about that for a second with, for, with Evolution? With Evolution? Yeah. Wasn't I, that an Evolution? I think... We, that sex scene oh, you were talking about? Oh, yeah, it was. No, That's the right. sex scene in this movie is just <laughs> rock and roll. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so in Underworld Evolution, it originally was ramped to get an NC-17 rating because of a certain sex scene and how they filmed it and how it was edited, which ended up resulting in much of it needing to be deleted or altered in one way or another. But, like, my question is why? Why did it need to be that way? I don't know. If there's one thing I don't understand about our rating system in terms of films, it is... Sex and profanity. Oh, no, no, no. I, I don't I, understand them. No, I mean, we had a whole, I mean, see the first 15 seconds of the episode yeah. for that. But I was more referring to, like, why did that, I mean, normally when you shoot sex scenes, at least from what I understand, if there's going to be complete nudity, um, males normally wear a sock. In, in the industry, it's called a cock sock. Yeah. Um, it's there's essentially, no way you it. put it over your junk. And it kind of straps to your leg so mm-hmm. that it can't flop. And it flop. won't be in the it shot. It can't flop into frame. Yeah. And I think it's also for the the receiving end's benefit where mm-hmm. you're not getting grazed and, and what, yeah. you're not, it's not touching you mm-hmm. as much as, you know. I mean, and that's also the world of intimacy training is still unfortunately very, very, very new. new still. And they've been making these type of movies for years. Mm-hmm. So... I'm just wondering, why did they say you can't wear a cock sock and I, everyone has to be naked? I don't know. But that couldn't have been a fun time on set. Like, everyone had Definitely to be uncomfortable. No. Especially because at this point, um, Kate Beckinsale is, like... Dating, is dating Michael she, Sheen. Yeah. And you mentioned they had a kid. Yeah. Who is young Celine in Evolution. Yes. I had no idea that they were, had a kid. I didn't either until I read that. It's so strange that she... Was with, I mean, not strange that she was with anybody, but just it's such a little ironic twist that she was with more uh, Michael Sheen, and then just starts transitioning. You know, I'm sure there's a whole history that it, it doesn't matter because I mean you can make your own choices, but mm-hmm. it's just what a funny world. Yeah, was it with action horror and 
the heroines being like first of all like they have like the badass women but then it's like it's just kind of like their husband who's the director of screenwriters like yeah and then my wife's gonna kill so many zombies and werewolves <laughs> it's like cool I guess that's a fun like anniversary right. it's like do you wanna go kill shit and look awesome again and she's like, like yes yeah, I do yes <laughs> Okay, so we will be back hopefully later this week with both of those movies. Yes. Um, and then we're going to do a – we're going to quickly go through Darkman so we can finish The Crow before um, we go back home. Yes. Uh, so with that being said, keep an eye out for those. Uh, follow our Instagram at the underscore square horror podcast. You can take requests and comments at our email, squarehorrorpodcast at gmail.com. Also, I noticed the other day that um, Damien Maffei is now on Cameo. Uh, so I want us one day to like get a cameo that's him plugging the show so that we could just like, that can be our advertisement. I'll be like, listen, would you mind if we like use this? Cause you know how like all those like weird, oh, there are like made in cameo. China, like at like apps oh, that yeah. they get like Snoop Dogg mm-hmm. to just talk about. It's just a cameo. Yeah. But it's I'm got like, the little man. cameo, like, yeah, exactly. I'd be like, hey, you know how you like follow the show? I don't know if you listen, but like, if you could, um, <laughs> That would be awesome. Like, I, I think in the next couple of months, especially when we get our Saw series done, yeah. I'd be like, hey, we just covered Saw. Like, say good things about us for yeah. money. <laughs> He's like our obligatory spokesperson. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we're going to go out on uh, Death Club by William Control, which features in Rise of the Lycans, and I think it fucking rules. <laughs> Until next time, you stay spooky out there.